Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, everybody, welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Lots to talk about on today's show. As the offseason continues, we will have a look at Anthony Bavillier's season that was and where he fits in. We're going to take a look at our Islanders' birthday of the day, a player from their first season, and we're going to look back at the biggest highlight of the Islanders' inaugural season of 1972-73, as a result, we also have uh, an in-depth discussion of you know who the Islanders might be able to make a trade with to free up some cap space, and unfortunately, the choices are dwindling fast, so we'll talk about that a little bit later on in the show. If there's something that's on your mind that's Islanders-related that you'd like us to talk about, a question, a comment, a topic, feel free to send us an email, the email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. If you leave your name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the air as we talk about whatever it is that's on your mind. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. We'll keep you up to date on all the latest news and notes concerning the New York Islanders. All right, so here's the big issue right now. Uh, still waiting on official word with regard to Andy Green and Matt Martin. Those are the two uh, unrestricted free agents that the Islanders are hoping to re-sign. And, you know, rumors going around, these two guys want to come back, the Islanders want them back. But as of right now, nobody has actually signed on the dotted line. So, We're still waiting on that. We're still waiting on the arbitration hearings for Ryan Pulak and, yes, Josh Hosang, although, again, doubtful that Hosang is a member of the Islanders organization this year, and if he is, very doubtful that he is with the New York Islanders. Maybe, just maybe, he adds a little scoring punch down in Bridgeport. But the problem that the Islanders are having right now the fact that there is, you know, no real cap space because you're still waiting to re-sign Matt Barzell and Ryan Pulak, and those are your restricted free agents, and you still want to add some scoring punch, which is, you know, the big problem the Islanders had all season last year. And, you know, there's still those rumors going around about Patrick Lane and yes, The Winnipeg Jets want to trade him, but here's the problem. The Winnipeg Jets want a top-pair defenseman 
in return for Patrick Lane. Are you willing to trade Ryan Pulak and, you know, or Adam Pellick in order to get Lane? Yeah, maybe you might be able to do that, but then who is going to replace the departed member of the Pellick-Pulak duo as the first pair defenseman? Obviously, the number one candidate would have been Devon Taves, but that, as we know, is not going to happen because Devon Taves is now a member of the Colorado Avalanche. So, you know, the Islanders have to think. Uh, about making that move. And Lane certainly, you know, gives them a 30, 30 to 40 goal scorer, and that's something they desperately need. He's still young. Whether or not he'll play enough defense to keep Barry Trotz happy may be another issue, but I think the Islanders would love to find out. But again, not sure what they have that the Jets would need without leaving a gaping hole on the Islanders' blue line, and, you know, yes, the Islanders have a lot of depth. Even You know, even if they don't re-sign Andy Green, you still have Pulak and Pellick, you still have Dobson, you still have Scott Mayfield, and then you have Letty Boychuk, and then behind them, you have Sebastian Ajo and Thomas Hickey, and, you know, a few other guys who who can fill in, but none of them, with the exception of Pelik and Pulak, really fit the bill as top-line defensemen. So it, it becomes a question of, you know, if you make a deal with the Jets, A, you're assuming a little bit more salary because Lane gets paid more than either Pelik or Pulak, and B, you're also in a situation where you're taking a strength of the team— significantly weakening it and then, you know, strengthening a weak point, but that's not really the way you build a team. And when you look at the Islanders and you look at Barry Trotz and you look at Lou Lamorello, those are two guys who like to build from, you know, their own end out, goalie, defense, and then forwards. That's sort of the way they look at things. And you know, making a trade like that really would not fit the bill. Now, could Lou Lamorello pull off a deal like that and then make another deal or another couple of deals and try to recoup that investment? Yes, absolutely, that is possible. But the more steps you involve in this, the more unlikely it becomes to actually happen. And we'll see what Lou is able to do. Now, there really are only three teams who are not in major salary cap hell right now, for lack of a better way to put it. And that is the Ottawa Senators, the New Jersey Devils, and the Detroit Red Wings. And yes, New Jersey could use another defenseman. They're a little thin at that point in their roster. Maybe they would be willing to take a Johnny Boy Chuck off the Islanders' hands. Uh, but... Again, don't expect that to happen right away, and certainly don't expect that to uh, don't expect them to get anything significant in return as a result. Maybe they would also take Leo Komarov off the Islanders' hands, which would save you know a couple of you know three million dollars, give or take, for the Islanders. Um, 
Ottawa doesn't have a lot of room on their roster. Maybe the Islanders would have to take back a player after the uh, Senators signed Dodonov over, you know, Friday or Thursday. But <clears throat> realistically, those are the three teams that have the cap space, the Senators, the Red Wings, and the Devils. And out of those three, I would think the Devils would be the most likely trade partner. But again, it remains to be seen. Those are the three teams I think you would concentrate on. All right, we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We'll have our Islanders' birthday of the day, including a look back at the best game that the 1972-73 Islanders played in that very, very difficult first season in the NHL. We also will take a look at Anthony Bevilier, uh, one of the key players uh, during the Islanders' playoff run. What was his season like, and where does Anthony Bevilier fit into the Islanders' roster next season? A key question that we'll talk about, plus a lot more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. And folks, if you want the best tasting protein bar ever, you've got to have a Built Bar. Built Bar is so many times when you try a protein bar, it's difficult to chew, doesn't taste so good. That is never the case with Built Bar. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate, they're soft, they're easy to chew, and they can now come in 18 delicious flavors, some with nuts, some are nut-free. The six new flavors, how about these? Caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp, and my personal favorite, cookies and cream. All the bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. Let's talk about the coconut almond flavor. 18 grams of protein in every bar, just 180 calories, 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams of net carbs. Go to BuiltBar.com now, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll save $10 off your next order. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. Alright, so it's time for our Islanders birthday of the day. And uh, we will go back to the Islanders' very first season. And t yesterday, actually Sunday, would have been the 72nd birthday of former Islanders defenseman Brian Lefley, a native of Gross Isle, Manitoba, made his NHL debut with the Islanders during their inaugural season of 1972-73. He was a defenseman. His brother, Chuck Lefley, also played in the National Hockey League. For Brian Lefley, he spent the Islanders' first season with the club. That was his NHL debut season. Played in 63 of the team's 78 games, three goals, 10 points, and a rather undistinguished minus 39 plus-minus rating, although on that first-year Islanders team, that actually wasn't half bad. Played seven games for the Islanders in their second season. Later, played for the Kansas City Scouts, Colorado Rockies, uh, and then finished his career in Germany before retiring after the 1980-81 season. Unfortunately, Brian Lefley uh Later went to, on to coach in Europe, including the Italian Men's National Hockey League team, but on October 28, 1997, died 10 days after his 49th birthday in a car accident in Balzano, Italy. So we wish, uh, certainly, uh, 
we wish Brian Lefley well and remember him here on what would have been his 72nd birthday. And we're going to go back and look at the game in which Brian Lefley scored his first NHL goal. It happened at the Boston Garden. Islanders b- back then 4-37 and 4 coming into that game going up against the 28-10 and 4 defending Stanley Cup champion Boston Bruins in this game in Boston 15,003 fans on hand uh, to watch this game. John Adams gets the start in goal for Boston. Billy Smith, the netminder for the Islanders. And early on, it's the Islanders taking a big lead. They actually scored the first five goals of the game. Don Blackburn got his fifth from Craig Cameron and Tom Miller at 216. Then Billy Harris, the Islanders' first ever draft pick, his 13th from Jim Mayer and Jermaine Gagnon at 10.06. Quickly, it's 2-0 Islanders. Lorne Henning made it 3-0 Islanders at 12.52. Arnie Brown and Don Blackburn with the assists. And then the captain, Ed Westfall, gets into the act. Eddie Westfall's 11th from Bob Cook and Billy Harris. That was a power play goal with Richie LeDuc in the penalty box for high sticking. Suddenly, it is... 4-0 Islanders, and everyone is shocked in the Boston Garden. Don Blackburn gets his sixth from Bob Cook at 1746. 5-0 Islanders. Boston gets on the board late in the period. Johnny Busick, his 21st. Wayne Cashman and Bobby Orr, the helpers. After 20 minutes, it was 5-1 Islanders. And, believe it or not, the Islanders extend the lead. Eddie Westfall playing against his former team, Gets his second of the game, 12th of the year. Brian Spinner Spencer with the only assist at 131. Islanders 6, defending Stanley Cup champion Bruins 1. But Wayne Cashman, his 13th from Bobby Orr and Fred Stanfield. That one is a power play goal with Spinner Spencer in the box for the Islanders. Then a pair of goals by Johnny Busick. First, at 4.57, Phil Esposito and Carol Vadney, the helpers. And then Bobby Orr and Wayne Cashman set up Busick at 9.29. Suddenly, it's a 6-4 to four hockey game. But late in the second period, Johnny Bu- uh, excuse me, Brian Lefley gets his first career NHL goal. Jim Mayer with the helper at 15.29. And it's 7-4 to four Islanders after two periods, but that lead quickly shrinks. Wayne Cashman at 6.50 of the third from Phil Esposito and Carol Vadney makes it a 7-5 game. And then Terry O'Reilly scores his fourth from Ace Bailey and Fred Stanfield at 8.42. It's a one-goal game. The Islanders now lead 7-6, and it looked bad for the Islanders, but Tom Miller scores his seventh of the year from Don Blackburn at 11 minutes. Bruins don't give in. Johnny Busick completing his hat trick, his 24th of the year. Phil Esposito, the helper, at 12:37, and the pressure is on the Islanders. But Billy Harris gets his second of the game, his 14th of the year. Ralph Stewart and Jerry Hart, the helpers, at 17:27. Islanders hang on for a 9-7 win. In this game, four points on the night for Don Blackburn, two goals, two assists. Billy Harris, two goals and one assist. But our Islanders 
birthday of the day, defenseman Brian Lefley. One goal in this game, a plus two. Also picked up six penalty minutes for Lefley. It was his first NHL goal. And for the New York Islanders, realistically, by far, you know, they won all of 12 games out of the 78 that they played that year. But the Islanders picking up their biggest win against the Boston Bruins, who had won the Stanley Cup two of the previous three seasons. You look down that Bruins roster, Phil Esposito, Bobby Orr, Johnny Busick, Wayne Cashman, uh, Terry O'Reilly. I mean, just a who's who of hockey in the early to mid-70s, and yet the Islanders come away with a 9-7 win despite being outshot 38-28. to 31 saves for Billy Smith. He gets the win, improving his record to 3-16-2. And uh, again, we wish all the best to the late Brian Lefley on the anniversary of his birth 72 years ago yesterday, as we remember his first NHL goal in the Islanders' best performance of their first season. When we come back, we will take a look at Anthony Bevilier and what he means to this Islanders team, the season and playoffs that he had, and where he stands going forward. All that and more still to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So we take a look now at Anthony Bevilier and what his season was like this past year. Bevilier, uh, amazingly enough, 23 years old right now, the uh former first-round pick, 28th overall by the Islanders back in 2015. He was on pace for his best NHL season, already had a high in points with 39, had 18 goals in 68 games, had he played in the final, uh, you know, 14 games that the Islanders had scheduled, a good chance he would have gotten the three goals he needed to match his all-time career high and probably even surpassed it. So he was on pace, certainly, for his second career 20-goal season. But in the playoffs, that's when Bavillier really stepped up his game. In 22 postseason games, 9 goals, 5 assists, 14 points, a plus 6, and 3. 3 of his uh goals in the playoffs were game winners, and they, those were big, big goals. And the thing I loved about Bovillier, you always knew, even from the time that he was drafted, how talented this kid actually was and what kind of potential he had. But during the break, when the NHL was shut down because of COVID, you, I don't think there were too many players who used that break as effectively as Anthony Bevilier did. And what Bo did, essentially, was he got stronger. And he used that time to, you know, increase his strength and get into even better shape. And when play finally did resume, uh, it was a situation where Bevilier was ready, and he took full advantage, and that made a big difference in the playoffs. And Bevilier really gave the Islanders a jump in the postseason, and I think that was key uh, to 
take your game to another another level when the Islanders desperately needed it. That was huge. And look, he had the game winner in their first playoff game against the Florida Panthers. Had another game winner in the clincher against the Florida Panthers. And then a game winner against the Capitals uh, where he had a, a two-goal game and helped to eliminate Washington. So really some very nice playoff performances by Anthony Bevilier. And I think that what the Islanders have to hope is that he takes that next step forward this coming year. That Anthony Bevilier goes from being somewhere between an 18 and 22 goal scorer, which is probably where he was going to be this year. If you take him at the playoff pace, that's a lot higher, obviously. I don't think he's really on pace for 35 or 40 goals, but if you can get him between, let's say, 25 and 30, that would really be a big deal. And look, Bevilier on that second line, the chemistry between Brock Nelson, Josh Bailey, and Anthony Bevilier, the B&B line, uh, that was the Islanders' best line in the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, really made a difference. And if this group can come back and play as well in the regular season over the course of hopefully 82 games— as they did in the playoffs, we're talking about a, a, a top six group of forwards that really has uh, a very high potential. And again, if the Islanders add that sniper that they're looking to add, that 30-35 goal scorer to the mix, it will be even tougher to check Anthony Bevilier because he won't be getting as much attention. And I think you're looking at a situation where Bevilier may be able to up his numbers simply because he won't be facing the opposition's top checking line, top defensive pairing as often, because that group will be concentrating on the Islanders' new sniper and obviously Matt Barzal and, and, and a few other players who they think of more highly than Bevilier. But Bevilier, you know, he he has good speed, got stronger, and really seems to be seeing the ice very, very well. So I'm pleased with what he's done, and I think he could take the next step forward in his development. Again, not an older player. He is all of 23 years old and should be entering his prime right about now. All right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. If you are enjoying the show, Please subscribe, and remember, we have a new episode dropping every weekday, Monday through Friday. It drops just after midnight, around 12.25 a.m., so night owls can listen before bed, early risers. If you subscribe, it'll be in your inbox at your podcatcher of choice when you wake up in the morning. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a five-star rating and a review. That helps other Islander fans find the podcast and helps us grow the Locked On Islanders family. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and of course, let's go Islanders.